Dan, I am sitting here and I'm looking at you and I can tell that you are in a good mood and so am I. Really? Well, I, I don't feel like I'm in a good mood. Let me you... tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to pump you up because you just look terrible. <laughs> you look like you got, um, you look like you polished your eyes with a glazed donut or something. Oh. You just look, you look terrible, Dan. What's your problem? I look terrible because I feel terrible, and it's yeah. I'm I'm having I'm a having a rough one here. I don't know what happened. Caught a bug somewhere, and it took me out. You caught the funk while you were in Ohio at the Paul Bunyan show. <laughs> somewhere along the way, either on the way home or at the show, I don't know. Maybe in the airplane. We need to do an unofficial poll with all of our woodhounds that are listening and who was in attendance at Paul Bunyan. If you've caught a horrible cold, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it was, whatever it was, I I avoided it. Well, you are lucky. I know Rock of wood. a few others that uh, that caught something, and it's it's just weird. I'm not. Like, I just have no energy, and I'm just, like, beat down, tired. Yeah. Well, in the firewood industry, we call that Tuesday. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Dan, you are under the weather. Uh, you, ha <laughs> you have, you got goopy eyes. You can't breathe through your nose. And you have razor blades in your throat, right? Yeah, uh, I probably sound terrible, so I apologize for those yeah. listening. You have body aches, and I mean, I'm just looking at you. You look terrible. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I tried to cheer you up. But there is, there is, Dan, something to be excited about for today's episode of the Woodhounds podcast. There is? Yes. We, if we had any apprehension for the way we handled our last uh, letter, our email from a subscriber, um, we, we don't have to worry about that because Curtis uh, contacted us back and he is elated with our reply. He has no hard feelings and he appreciated everything that we had to say. Yes, I did see that. Do you good, have the email? Maybe you could uh, read what Curtis said. Because then, so we had, um, we don't want to just um, call this the Curtis podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we do feel that we, we are willing to indulge him for the previous episode. Um, and because he had asked a question and we thought maybe we could go ahead and answer that one for him. Yeah, I think I'll I'll go ahead and, and just go right, because he did leave another like lengthy uh, comment and just given the the circumstances of things um, I'll just kind of summarize it without reading it word for word here and then I will get to the part where he asked his question but yes. he did say he was not upset or angry about anything he was glad that we first of all took his feedback responded to it and again it was not it was not hurt by our response or Okay. Our complete, uh, you know, willingness to just ignore everything. <laughs> <laughs> but he did say the one thing that he would be thrilled if we did was to have 
the Ask the Woodhound segment right here. So we do have, we're going to do that right now. I've got his question. And <laughs> for, one, for one time only. One time only. Here we go. <laughs> it's time for Ask the Woodhound. <laughs> so his question is, uh, some species of wood split stringy and are difficult to split. For example, elm. Curtis is wondering what other wood species have this same property as far as like stringy, um, you know, being stringy when you split them. And then is the stringy firewood just as good to burn as non-stringy firewood? I think I can take a shot at that, Dan. Uh, Curtis, right. thank you. Thank you again, Curtis, for the email. And... So he references elm, and I think elm is like the standard that everyone thinks of for stringy wood, wood that doesn't split. Um, the others that come to mind are gum. Um, I think hickory is stringy, but it's not stringy like elm and gum stringy, but it is stringy. Yeah. Sycamore is kind of stringy. Uh, anything else that you can think of? I've only had experience with the elm, the hickory, and then up here, cottonwood can be stringy and tough to split as well. Yeah, I've never dealt with cottonwood. Huh. And and some poplar. I should take that back. Yeah, poplar as well, surprisingly enough. Eh. Yeah, I think I always go back to pine because I've told you I've not had good luck splitting pine, but I wouldn't call it stringy. Um, but for burning though, uh, I think it burns just fine. It seems like stringy wood kind of dries out faster. I don't know if that's, I guess that's a testable hypothesis, but to me, it just seems that it dries out faster. But what I've always liked about stringy firewood, you know, after it's been seasoned and it's, um, when I'm like sitting on my fireplace, getting ready to light a fire, I'll like get a piece of elm and I'll just start yanking those strings off for my kindling. And that's how, and that's how I get my fire started. Built in fire starter. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think elm is just an excellent firewood. It's, uh, it gets its bad reputation because it's just so difficult to make it fire. Right. Yeah. I've, I've noticed one thing that's kind of interesting with some of the stringier woods when I split them is it's almost like the way that you position and push the wedge through the wood or the wood through the wedge can have an effect on how stringy it actually is. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but like Elm, for example, I've split Elm a certain way with the grain and it just pops apart, but then you go the other way and it's, you know, it's, it's stringy. You were probably splitting ash and you didn't know it. <laughs> no, it's Elm, <laughs> but yeah, ash is, ash is the yeah. same way. Oh, ash splits, splits like a dream though. Love splitting ash. I well, love see, the sound it makes. It's just, it's just a joy to split. I don't know what it is then. Maybe we have a different ash up here because I've split ash that is very stringy and just not dream splitting at all. Huh? Well, I would hope that, you know, your ash from an elm in the ground. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I can't think of really any i'm sure there are other types of wood out there that are stringy i just don't have much experience with it i've heard people say that like 
elm that is dry splits easier, but maybe they said that elm when it's green splits easier. I've never known the difference. I just know that it's a it's a challenge either way. I would uh, but, I would uh, say green splits easier. Yeah, but then you know gum, and like a gum tree kind of looks like a maple tree, and the leaves are kind of maple leaf shaped, but they're more like starfish. They look like stars, and they have those those spiky balls for for uh, seeds that fall off. They kind of look like the the coronavirus. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Yeah, the, the the picture of it, whenever there's like a news story, they'll show like a picture of it. It kind of <laughs> looks like that. And if you're barefoot, you don't want to step on them. But it doesn't split, man. That is That stuff, I think it's probably worse than elm. And it smells awful. I've, I've described the smell from gum wood as the basement of a used bookstore. Just smells, <laughs> just smells awful. I've never, never had any gum. <laughs> in the in the woodyard. Yeah. All right. Well, consider yourself lucky. I've chewed gum in the woodyard. Yeah. I never split any. Yeah, I'm not a gum chewer. <laughs> yeah. I don't even I don't even really know anyone who does. Do people still chew gum in this world? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I think. All right. <laughs> well, thank you Curtis for the email. And we need to quit meeting like this. <laughs> uh, I guess Curtis never showed up at the Paul Bunyan show. I think I would have remembered him had he done that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he was there. He's probably <clears throat> under the. He would be under the weather right now if he was. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's probably thank. Thankfully, wasn't there. He's probably like, oh, yeah. goodness, I stayed home. But you have spoken with others who were at the Paul Bunyan show and who are under the weather yes yep there are a few yeah without uh violating anyone's confidentiality here it does sound like it's something had gone around yeah it's uh and it's not good <laughs> whatever it was <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's a good thing that uh you weren't one of those people on the list of uh who got sick because if you were down and out you wouldn't be out there running that fancy new piece of equipment you have that I saw on your channel. <laughs> yes, I do have a fancy new piece of equipment. And so this is, uh, Dan is referring to the GoFast Manufacturing Bundler. It makes firewood bundles. It wraps stretch wrap around a cube of firewood. And this has been uh, part of my mental calculus with my firewood business. I love firewood. I love making firewood. I love selling it. But I am constantly trying to figure out the secrets of this industry. And the one secret is to sell less firewood uh, but make more money. So I'm trying to maximize every stick of firewood that I make. And I love selling bulk deliveries because it's fun. I get out and about and I meet a lot of neat people. Uh, and it's a good way to grow the company. But I think, um, you know, that bulk creates its own problems because it's bulk. You got to make a lot of it. And I can get the same amount of money on a delivery with my pickup truck if it's filled with bundles versus bulk. But there's much less wood in my bundles. 
So I'm, I'm looking to expand my bundle business. I haven't done it yet, but uh, the way I see things, uh, whenever I have been faced with a crossroads with this business, I have responded by purchasing a machine. And uh, while I didn't purchase this one, because this is one of the <laughs> benefits of being a YouTube channel, um, I've leveraged my my social media presence and my ability to um, uh, drive traffic to people's websites and to make sales on machines um, into this bundler. And how has it been working for you so far? Have you have you like noticed any? improvements over your other bundler anything that makes this going to be the go-to wrapper for you okay so let's be honest here there are a number of uh wrapping machines out there what would you even call them <laughs> are they bundlers or wrapping machines okay the type that run stretch wrap around so there's a number of them that are out there they're pretty much all the same uh some subtle differences um the important thing for me and this was you know, because of my current one that i have the twister am i going to put all my eggs in one basket with just having one machine because now if i'm relying on bundles um what happens if the machine breaks and now i can't make bundles well it makes sense to have two um so for the time that i've been running this go fast manufacturing it works great there are some subtle differences that I'm not used to that, you know, because I've wrapped, you know, hundreds and thousands of bundles with the twister, my old machine uh, that I still have and still use too. But the go fast, it just works a little different. It just took me about a half a day to get used to it. And now I got it mastered. But yeah, but it works great. <laughs> That's all it takes, huh? Just half a day and you mastered it. No problem. I think so. <laughs> well, it didn't take me that long on my um, compact tractor <laughs> and my grapple and my uh, bucket. It took me a little bit longer than a half a day. <laughs> took me a little bit more than a half a day to do the 405 and master the controls on it. <laughs> you know, but firewood bundles, it shouldn't, it's not a, it's not a secret science, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's just a matter of execution, number one. Well, it's a sales industry, so you got to make sales. And then from there, it's executing your game plan and getting your inventory made. But for me, it was, am I, you know, I'm putting all my eggs in one basket with one machine. And if it breaks, can I get a hold of that company to fix it? And I don't know. You know, there's, uh, there's some things that cause me some concern, and that's why I started looking. Um, but I'm here to tell you had, um, go fast, had no interest in, um, you know, this social influencer relationship, I would have, you know, I'd have definitely purchased this one. Um, I'm pretty much familiar with all the others. I mean, they're all nice. Brute force has one. Dinah has one. Yep. You know, um, I, I'm still though. Uh, I still believe that these wrapped stretch wrap bundles are the way to go uh, versus the bags. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you yeah. what, you don't need to rely on the machine to make a bag of firewood. 
<laughs> you know what? Even if you're if you have a bagging station like I have, and that something were to break on it, you can probably still use it. Yeah, advantage so, bags. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do bags. Uh, no, I didn't have a fancy topsy turvy bucket with a hole in the bottom of it like you do. <laughs> <laughs> I did not, but I am just saying, if you look at basic retail principles, and that's what these are, this is a retail commodity. It's, you know, it's a retail item that you're selling. It's not anything different than like shampoo or bars of soap or, or oatmeal. The packaging plays such a huge role in positioning that product in the eye and in the mind of the consumer and i because of that i just i quickly pivoted away from bags now i think too if you were if if you were let's just say a hobbyist <laughs> yeah if you were a, if you were a hobbyist and you're putting what was that noise if you put them at your roadside stand, I think they're fine. I do. I believe that if these are going into a retail location like a grocery store, a hardware store, a convenience store, pool supply, lawn and garden, it pays for the product to be front and center. And man, when it's stretch wrapped in this plastic with a neat little label on it, it looks awesome. Yeah, I would maybe agree with it a little bit. <laughs> I think, well, <clears throat> I've just been always told that the bags present better than the wrap. So I don't know. I, yeah. I guess, you know. And when you think about it, so what, what would the the go fast wrapper have cost you if you were to buy it? Okay, so... <laughs> People get frustrated when you don't say prices. And I had learned, and I, and I, when I first started doing this, I would throw out prices all the time, but then it gets annoying after a while because prices change, you know? Yeah. And so I would always say, well, go to the website and you can get the updated prices. But I would just say this, that these wrapping machines probably range anywhere now between like $1,700, $2,000 to $2,500. Maybe Holy upper end. Moly, uh, that's a lot of bundles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so there is overhead with the machine. Okay. Um, but I'm just saying that they're so much more productive. They're a lot more fun to work than than these tippy buckets. <laughs> we need to come out with our own um, <laughs> with our own uh, bag fillers. Call it <laughs> the Woodhound tippy buckets. I, I think I can make a bag faster than you can make a bundle. Ah, there's no way. Yes. <laughs> there's no way. So you might be able to make like one bag, but if we had, you know, an afternoon to make 50 bundles, I'd smoke you. No chance. I've, yeah. I've watched. You have, to t you have to put every piece of the bundle in and touch it individually. I can grab an armful of wood and toss it in that bucket and I'm done. Yeah. So, yeah, but my customers can see what it is when it is sitting on a shelf versus 
like a an orange bag that could be that filled doesn't with, have anything to do with the speed of making it <laughs> it could be filled with onions or gloves or shop towels that is or true. bars of soap yeah you don't know yeah i am just saying this is a long-term relationship and this is a long-term engagement and that's why i looked i wanted to get a machine that's going to last this go fast machine is built man it's built like a tank uh the 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 electric motor the gear uh the welds the pillow blocks everything's greasable on it and it looks awesome too and yeah. looks count for looks count for something i mean it's got me and you this far yeah i don't know though i mean with with something like that wrapper you've got to make like what how two thousand bundles just to pay it off I can have that made by lunch. Next. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But no, that's, I, that's that's the one thing that kept me away from a wrapper to begin with was just that initial cost. Okay. I admit that there is cost involved, but let's be realistic here. And let's think about the firewood industry as a whole. And then in, if you are a, a firewood producer, a fire, you know, whatever, you know, it's it's pretty cheap. You could get a very good chainsaw for cheaper, but you know, for all your machines that are out there, that's it. Yeah. You know, splitters, processors, you know. Um, it's really not that expensive. And all it takes is one contract and it's paid for, man. And then and then on top of that, now okay, your tippy bucket, I would consider it a a an asset, just like the the wrapper but the thing is um when you are retired or if you're done with it you have something that you can sell and, and get money for it so it's not like you've just thrown that money away forever right mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i'm still thinking the bags yeah way better well so go fast <laughs> is in your neighborhood not quite but they're up that way i think they're closer to milwaukee maybe um and i had um we have a, a handshake agreement you know when i come up to see you one day in the next six or seven years i will um <laughs> i will stop by there and they're going to give me a tour of the factory and all they were very excited to get this because they don't really have a presence on youtube um their bread and butter are those sawmills for the pallet industry and um the funny thing is my area in northeast ohio we have like a regional timber hub kind of a city named middlefield it is just pallet mills all throughout there and it just makes me wonder if there are any go fast machines hmm. out here in northeast ohio because they look kind of there's videos where you can see how these things work and I don't, I, I'm watching it work and I still don't know what they do. <laughs> I, w I was just going to ask like, so what is it that <laughs> their other machines do? <laughs> yeah. So there's these pallets, you know, the, the, they're called stringers, the, the long ones that keep the, uh, the, the boards upright or not. How am I going to say this, Dan? They are the, they're the framework of the pallet. They're known as stringers. Okay. Yep. They have like notches cut in them. So, you know, a, a pallet jack could get into them from the side or from the front, yep. I guess. Yeah. 
So they have these saws that cut those into them. So oh, so they make the the equipment that like takes pallets apart. No, what? they cut the they cut the wood in the construction so they, process. They construct pallets. No, <laughs> <laughs> they make the machines that cut the wood that go into the construction of pallets. Okay. I'm following you now. All I right. think. Yeah, I think. All right. Yeah. And uh, I spoke with the owners, and it's a father and son team. And, you know, they had said that it was like this firewood wrapper is kind of like their introduction into firewood, you know, because it was just seemed like a logical thing for them to do. And they applied their own standards to it because it's it's top-notch. It really is. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I noticed in your video the uh, the large wheels that make it kind of looks like it's pretty easy to move around. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you, that sounds like something uh, mundane or simplistic, but it's a big deal, uh, those wheels. And they kind of have, they're not inflatable, but they're kind of squishy. So there's like some shock absorption in them. Uh, and it's nice moving it because my wood yard, uh, it's gravel. It's packed real hard, but it's still a little uneven. And, um, you know, my other wrapper with those, it has like those little plastic wheels, like yeah. you see at the front of like a push mower that size. And it, you know, it was just such a rough, I felt sorry for the machine pushing it across the ground like that. <laughs> well, I've even <laughs> seen some that don't even have wheels at all. They're, you know, they're just made to sit. Yeah. Spot. Well, this, the wheels would be an option on the go fast. If you look at it, it's got stake pockets. And I had even thought, um, you know, I could even have done that because I would have just got my forks put on the tractor and it just forked it around, you know. Uh, but the wheels just make things so much yeah. nicer. Yeah. yeah. Can't, can't beat it. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I still am, am going to tell you that. My bag, my bagger, my tippy bucket <laughs> is the cat's meow. <laughs> is it? All right. That would be, there should be like a race one day on how many bundles you can make. The The trick too with these wrappers is that you can get them with the speed loaders. Uh, if Especially if you're working with a second person, uh, yeah. you load the trays and then the operator just drops them into the, into the, um, cradle and then just get wrapping yep yeah so i don't know if the go fast can do that i still haven't figured it out it's got that um the the back cradle rotates uh, because it's on the axle of the wheel uh the the twister is fixed so that's taken me a while to get used to that too Hmm. um i don't think one's better than the other it's just different you know yep yeah Yeah, the the big difference is the twister had this counterweight on it. So if you took your foot off the gas pedal, I call it the gas pedal, it's electric, (laughs) it would spin and eventually settle in the kind of like the three o'clock position, uh, the the stretch wrap. Uh, The go fast stops right wherever you take your foot off. So I had developed my own touch um, with the twister when the wrap got to around 
10 o'clock, I would take my foot off and it would coast all the way around and stop. And that's where I would tear the fabric. Um, with the go fast, you know, I keep taking my foot off. If you watch my video, both wraps that I did, I took my foot off too soon uh, because that's where I would have taken my foot off the pedal on the twister. Ah. But I've, yeah, but I got that figured out now. So I yeah. just leave my foot on longer. Yeah. Well, Dan, how about this? How about when you get better? Uh, let's maybe try to figure out a way we can have a little contest. See uh, how long it takes to wrap like 10. Yeah, I'm, I could do that right now if you wanted. Uh, I got I, I, I pulled a, I pulled a quad muscle. I don't know if I can. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm definitely up for that. And I think yeah. uh, if there's any, the Woodhounds out there listening, if you, if you have a preference, let us know and uh, leave a comment or send an email. Let us know wraps or bags, bags yeah. or wraps. What do you? Well, think? and I'm and I'm saying too. Even if bagging is faster, ah, I still hey. wouldn't change. That's not you're, the important thing to me. It's the presentation of the product. You're already you're already caving in. You know I'm gonna whoop your butt. Well, the sun <laughs> sun was in my eyes. <laughs> but the wind but was blowing too hard. With the presentation, however, though, if you built a display to hold your bags, that would be what would then be your presentation. Yeah. See? I just feel bad for all the people that went to the store to buy a bag of onions and they go home to open it up to find firewood inside. <laughs> Don't you care about these people, Dan? <laughs> oh, if, if my people are that confused buying something, I don't know. I don't think yeah. I should be lighting a fire. <laughs> <laughs> a potato fire. <laughs> potato chips caught on fire. Oh, my. All right, Dan. Well, let's table this discussion for a later date. But I'd like to revisit this and give me some more time. I'll be putting up more videos of the Go Fast Wrapper. And, um, as I get to know it better and then I'll show what it's good at, what it's not. And that was, you know, with the same thing with GoFast too. And, um, they, they said, here it is, have at it. They never once told me, um, you know, what are you going to say? Are you going to you know, say this? Don't say that, you know, don't show it's bad spots, you know, cause it doesn't have any. <laughs> um, and that is what I think that is one of the indicators if a, uh, manufacturer is confident in their product you know yep. when they say here it is it's like andrew easton with his splitter have at it show yep. everything if it show the good show the bad i don't care it's all on you and uh that's the way go fast is that's all i need to hear and i know that i'm already dealing with a top-notch organization yep exactly yeah all right. Well, I think with that, I'm going to go uh, take a little NyQuil, DayQuil maybe, so I can stay awake <laughs> the rest of the day and um, and see if I can recover from whatever I have, the Bunyan Blues. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, as long as you keep it over that way, uh, we'll be good because yes. I, don't, I don't need to catch that right now. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening to the Woodhounds podcast, who happens to be, Dan, the number one firewood podcast in the world. 
Yes, and it's available on all your major streaming platforms every Wednesday morning at 5 a.m. Eastern. I love it. All right. Well, I want to tell everyone, uh, thank you for listening. And I'm going to say to Dan to go fast. There you go. Stay safe. Be cool. And have a great day.